0: You're listening to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBTQ adoption and fostering charity, New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor and this week I'm going to be having a cup of tea with Darren and talking about having a match fall through. Hi Darren, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hi, Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. Looking forward to the conversation
0: good I'm really glad so I've obviously already said that you know you're here to talk about having had a match fall through but can you just rewind a little bit before that and tell us how you started and how assessment and so on went take us up to that point first of all if that's all right
1: oh of course yeah so my husband and I had been discussing adoption for a number of years and, and really we just wanted to get ourselves into a good place before we decided to actually go ahead so we bought a house we got a dog did some very serious life things and then made the decision that, yeah, we were going to register interest. So we got in touch with our local authority, um, found out quite quickly that you don't have to just go to your local authority, but um, it actually worked out really well for us. We had a very good local authority support us through the journey. And once we, once we kicked off the process, it was all guns blazing from that, that point on. We, we actually got through the assessment process in the normal timelines and I say normal in air quotes and they can't see me mm-hmm. but in air quotes just because <laughs> you know we heard you know some different stories about extended processes etc but actually our assessment was pretty easy going in in comparison um, the assessment itself the sort of formal you know coming to your house and meeting you assessment that was tough um, but only from the standpoint of you're really you know, exposing yourself and opening up yourself in ways that you typically wouldn't unless you're really friendly with people. But <laughs> yeah. in the end it was actually a very therapeutic experience. You know, I had a really good opportunity to explore different, you know, techniques around resilience and really challenge ourselves and think about past experiences that would help set us up. You know, for success as a as doctor's um, one pro tip I would give people that have dogs, just be really mindful and thoughtful about how your dog plays a part in the assessment, because that was one of our uh, trickier conversations only because um, she's quite energetic. <laughs> um, That's so interesting. and Yeah, it was. It was very interesting.
0: Somebody raised that with us, actually. We did a recent information session for people considering adoption, and somebody raised that. They said they'd got a couple of dogs, and what should they do? And I don't Mm. have dogs, but I suggested – I don't know if this was right. You can now tell me. I suggested things like walk them in advance of the visit, tire the dogs out before the visit, try and get friends to pose as social workers and come round as a bit of practice. What did you do practically around your dog?
1: Pretty much exactly what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) The walking helped definitely just because then it it meant that the dog was in a place that yes, they could be excited when the social workers first arrived, but then they were ready for a nap or ready to go to sleep. Equally, we did the the second thing that you described. We had people come and knock on the door um, because that's part of... How, why our dog gets excited if someone's news coming to the house, so she she needs to find out who it is and she needs to be involved. So we did exactly that. We had practice with the doorbell. We found the the doorbell sound on YouTube and played that periodically, so she would just get desensitized <laughs> by the noise. So we did all sorts of things just to try and calm her faster than typically she normally would, and it did work. It definitely did work, and that's why I'm saying be just be thoughtful. So I think the advice you gave was actually pretty spot on, actually.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'll try and apply it to my cats. We'll see. <laughs> my cat this morning bit me out of pure spite and nothing else. Walked Excellent. up, bit my arm and walked off. So, yeah, just horrible cat. Horrible. <laughs> so, so I guess that was your assessment. And then you went through panel, I guess. How was that? It was
1: Actually, a very interestingly odd and anticlimactic experience, purely just from the basis of you build up to this, right? And the actual panel itself was really awesome. Like The conversation was good. The questions were good. Everything was really valid. And we've been really well prepared. But when I say anticlimactic, is it kind of just wraps up and you're told that you're approved. And it's like, oh, okay. And then it's kind of, then you just move on to, to the matching. But I mean, anticlimactic in the best possible way. I think you just build it up in your head that it's this big ceremonious event. And it is, but it also isn't at the same time. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough, but it was fair. is how I would describe it, actually.
0: I can understand that because we've been told stories of people who like walked out a panel and were handed details of children like, oh, we've been waiting till this moment to tell you this. And I think at the back of my mind, there was a sort of a hope that that might happen. And then there was a bit of a lull. And it's a bit weird that since you sort of, you're like ready to go, but nothing's happening.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's that's actually really perfect. Because we'd also heard similar things from other adopters that they had exactly that, that either before panel or, as you said, immediately after there was a a child already in consideration, we unfortunately did not fall into that camp. Um, You know, our social worker had been thinking about possible matches, but there wasn't really anything solid at that immediate moment. So we waited probably about, I would say, two months post-panel before any match, serious matching conversations came to light. I mean, we were we were fortunate, uh, and, and I say fortunate on purpose because I know others weren't, to have access to LinkMaker immediately. So that meant we could be more proactive, even if our social workers didn't have any children coming through on their side. We could at least be proactive in our search and, and and go out and reach out to, uh, you know, about different children, depending on their needs and depending on how they matched our profile. But yeah, it was about, like I said, about two months or so of a bit of a bit of a lull. And if you think about how that compares to the assessment process, which is really structured, it's pretty consistent, there's always something happening, even if even if things do slow down slightly, there's always something going on. Moving into that matching phase or transitioning into that matching phase actually was quite a it was quite a shock (laughs) to the system because we have been in the year of really structured, like I said, processes. And then it was kind of, you can't, you have to wait and see, you know, what happens. And it's all about obviously finding the right match and finding the right child. So you can't force it either. And it was quite a, it was quite a tough thing to manage. We got there, but it was, it was a tough thing to manage in the beginning.
0: Yeah. I can imagine that. And so what happened next? You were obviously matched. Talk to me a bit about that.
1: Yeah, so it was a it was a not a unique circumstance, but it was actually a pre-match. It was a pre-link. So the child that we were talking to our social workers about wasn't actually officially up for adoption. They were just going through the court system and the legal system to be um, or to receive the adoption order. And so it's quite a common, from what we've understood, quite a common practice. You know, if there's a child in that's coming through the system and through the sort of family finding processes, that looks very likely. To go up for adoption that they'll start engaging adopters or potential adopters up front so that some of the heavy lifting is is done so that was how our conversation started we were given a i don't know 300 word profile <laughs> very very basic information obviously no pictures no name nothing that could really identify the child just a very high level profile like i said and that was enough honestly it was enough to hook us at that point it was surprising how you can attach yourself immediately to just a bunch of words. (laughs) It took us by surprise, actually, how easily we sort of bought into what that was saying. And I think it was was well written, but also there was a lot of things that were ticking boxes for us. So we spoke with our social worker. We found out as much information as they were able to share at that point, because, you know, it's still a child in care, still looked after child, so they can only share a certain amount but up until that point there was nothing that was think- making us think no we shouldn't pursue this i suppose with a bit of hindsight there, there was a bit of a niggling you know thought in our mind of oh, well this is not solid right this child isn't technically up for adoption so what will actually happen and we'd never yes. had experience of this so we didn't really know so we did kind of go in a little bit blind and it's partly why i wanted to talk about it on this on this podcast is just for people who maybe go into a similar situation just some things that Again, with hindsight, I would possibly recommend, but it was it was exciting, and I think that's what that's why we got caught up in it initially.
0: I can understand that completely. And so, you were talked about that profile, and then things carried on moving. How yeah. far did they go before it became apparent that wasn't going to be the match for you?
1: Well, it got pretty it got pretty far in the context of how far it could get because it can only go to a certain point. You know, we knew that the there was a, um, a hearing or hearing was due to be scheduled. So when we kicked off the conversations, there was no confirmed date of when the final hearing would be held. So we, in the beginning, we were just kind of in a bit of a limbo, you know, we didn't, we weren't able to speak to social workers, we weren't able to speak to foster carers, we couldn't even get access to the the PAR at that stage, not the PAR, sorry, the CPR at that stage, you know, it was very, very basic. So as sort of august crept and september because this was in the around the summertime as the t- as the months progressed we started to things started to open up a little bit more you know the conversations became a bit more meaningful again very mindful of safeguarding and protective they didn't release any information that they shouldn't but it was ve- we started to absorb more information and we were having the opportunity to meet the social worker for example we did eventually do that for the child and that was amazing i mean as a first time as a first matching conversation we found out some really wonderful things. And I think what what was awesome about that conversation was it put personality behind the profile because ultimately at that point, it was just, I say a piece of paper, it was online, but it was just a piece of paper with some words on it, right? So seeing the social worker and speaking to them and hearing how the child was interacting with the social worker and was interacting with the foster care and things that they were doing, how they were developing. that was, So we got that far. And then... When we eventually found out there was going to be a hearing, we were like, brilliant, you know, we know when we we know the timelines, we could accept it, there was a bit of risk, but actually, the level of certainty that the social workers had was pretty high. Otherwise, I don't think they would have entertained the conversation at all, because there'd be no reason to, they were super, super certain, as certain as they could be that this was going to go the way they were recommending because at that stage that's all it is it's a recommendation you know the social workers are making a recommendation that this child should be placed um for adoption and actually part of their case was having us you know because the judges are concerned about if a child goes into as part of consideration they've got multiple but one of the considerations is if the child goes up for adoption how long is that going to take how long is that child going to remain without stability without permanency so having us as potential adopters and lined up was actually a big part of their case not about us personally well yes of course we could meet the needs but having adopters lined up was um was was positive for their their case
0: okay and so it sounds like you were in that period of Building towards this for quite a long time, yes. and when that hearing came up, you know, what did you do with yourselves on that day, and how did you find out the outcome of that?
1: Interestingly, we were on holiday <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> at the time that it happened, and it was it wasn't on purpose. It was just a very odd timing that we happened to be away, so we were in a position that we could distract ourselves, which was was what we needed. You know, we, it was very easy to just sit and dwell, and and the hearing was over five days, so if we had been at home or just doing normal things, I think it would have driven us mad a little bit. So thankfully being on holiday was a good distraction, but the day that we were expecting to hear annoyingly, we didn't. (laughs) So that did not help, Um, but it's no no one's fault. It's just the way the process works. Sometimes, you know, you're at the social workers are at the mercy of the court um, and vice versa to some extent. So we actually found out after the weekend and because we were away, it did come via email. So that was a bit of a blow. Um, But the, the thing was, is that even the social workers were surprised, you know, nice. all of the professionals were surprised that that was the decision that the court t- had taken. Not that they felt it was wrong per se, they were just surprised, but based on the information the judge had, the judge just did not feel there was sufficient evidence or information for them to make a determination on adoption. it's such a, it is a permanent decision, right? It's a, it, it's sealing the fate of that child permanently. So, they took a lot of things into consideration. Unfortunately, it was decided that that child was not going to be placed for adoption. It wasn't immediate decision. There was some follow-up hearings, and we actually ended up waiting another month. We decided as a couple to stay in that process because there was an adjudicate, not adjudication and adjournment for a month so that the, they could essentially build more of a case if that's what they felt was appropriate. But really, the deciding factor was the child's guardian, so... Child's guardian is just for people that aren't aware, is an independent person that represents the child. They're not part of the local authority, they're independent completely. And that it was actually the child's guardian that changed the position. They decided as part of the recommendation that they supported the judge's decision for the child to return home under, you know, provisions, etc. But because they had because they had changed their decision and they hold a lot of weight in the courts because they're so independent. That we decided in conjunction with our social workers that we weren't going to pursue that match any further. Um, it was very possible it could have still turned the other way for adoption, but we had to emotionally step out of that process because by that point we'd been in it for five, six months almost. Yes, and been building up to something. Yeah, it was it was a long time, and again because of the level of certainty. And by the way, I have no put no blame or negativity onto the social workers or anything like that it's just kind of one of those things that happened right but we emotionally had to step out of that process because it was it was rough
0: I can understand that completely how did you feel when you made that final decision or when that final decision was made
1: it was it was a mixture of emotions because in one in one hand at least we knew where we landed so we could kind of start to close a chapter You know, our social worker talked to us about, you know, there's an element of loss. You know, we talk a lot about loss within adoption, right? There's a loss for the child, there's a loss for the birth family. In that case, there was an element of loss for us. And I do, even though we didn't see a picture or know the name or, you know, have anything physical to connect to, we had built an attachment. No matter how, you know, cold hearted you might think you are as a person, how detached (laughs) you think you can be emotionally. Uh, and, and I think, you know, uh, we both feel we're quite strong re- emotionally and resilient uh, emotionally, but it did play on our, it did play, pull our heartstrings when that decision was taken. But like I said, there was a mix because there was a positive of at least we know where we stand. But actually, we needed some time to just deal with the fact that that wasn't going to be our child. We had built a life with that child in it to some extent. Yes. not to be too dramatic but we had kind of built a life yeah so it was it was heartbreaking if, if yeah. I'm being completely frank I, I can absolutely
0: understand that it was and so that that decision was made and then mm-hmm. how long after that did you need in order to process what had happened and at what point did you become ready to start looking again
1: so we decide this. This sounds like a weird answer to your question, because I just talked about feeling a little bit heartbroken
0: yeah, <laughs> and needing some answers. time. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> It's a bit of an odd answer because we made the decision that we were going to pick ourselves back up and start again. You know, it's pretty, pretty imminently. Mm. But what we decided is that we would be when I say more selective, we were pretty selective already. But we made the decision that we wouldn't consider children that were in a similar situation because to go through that for a second time, we didn't feel like we were ready. Or yes. I don't think we'd ever be ready, actually, truthfully, to go through that particular circumstance again. But essentially we took about three or four weeks before we really did anything. We'd made the decision that we were going to continue. That's a pretty immediate decision. We weren't, you know, put off, you know, from going through the adoption process because of that experience. And I I think some people could have been.
0: Yeah. You know, I think it's
1: very easy to go down that route. But we decided that yeah, we were gonna be we were gonna be very sad about it and we were gonna Process our feelings about that particular situation, but we knew we knew that our end goal is to have a family, so we had to sort of you know find a way to to get back on the horse, as it were, oh, <laughs> proverbial horse. Yes. And so I'd say about a month or so is is probably what we took to really think through it, process our feelings, talk to our family. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd you know some of our support network were aware of the situation we were going through, so we really leaned on them. I can't even express how grateful we both are for our support networks during that time because it it was it, like I said it was it was tough so it's probably yeah about a month or so before we got back into the process and back onto Linkmaker and talking to our social worker but we we were very guarded the, the second time around and to some extent we, we still are
0: <laughs> yeah um,
1: you know a little bit guarded and, and a little bit jaded to some extent but we've tried not to let that come into our consciousness when we're looking at other children because again like i said our end goal is to have a family so even though we had a bad experience you know if anything it's just taught us to be a bit even more resilient and again anyone that's been through adoption or going through adoption you know that resilience is probably the top (laughs) top skill you need to build on or top, top sort of um capability you need to have right so it's it's really tested it but it's making us making us stronger for sure
0: yeah i can understand that and i've known several people over the last decade um, who've had to leave the process because they just can't bear it any longer for you know there's been various knocks and at some point they've said enough and it's always so sad because it's they're people who could parent and yet they have reached their own personal end point which is a really personal decision but it is always so sad and it's hard not to sort of wrap yourself around their ankles and say go again, go again, yeah. go again. And of course, you know, we each have our end point for that. So I'm glad that wasn't yours. No, um, so, it could have been. It, yes. uh, I'm not going to
1: lie. There was there was a moment where it could have been. But like I said, we we came into this very purposely, like as in the whole process, sorry. We came into it very purposely. We want, we want a family. We know this is the best route for us as a couple to build our family. So we just had to stay strong on that. Particular journey and allow that bump in the road to be part of that story. Right? It's all about the the end goal is there, but it's a story, it's a journey, it's an evolution. So yeah, I'm glad that we also weren't yeah. <laughs> put off by it and that we decided to continue with the process because I would have been a bit disappointed. I think if we'd gone down that route.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I understand that. And so, so you carried on looking on Link Maker and talking to your social workers. When did you get news of the next match?
1: Roughly I think about t- two months following okay. that, so when we decided to get back onto onto linkmaker and actually the there is a match that we're pursuing at the moment that is through link maker for all those that feel a bit disheartened by linkmaker it, it can <laughs> it can work <laughs> um, mm-hmm. the yeah it was about two months or so and then actually we we, we registered interest in that child ourselves. we did that through our social worker and that's how that conversation began and it's been a whirlwind since then for all all the right reasons yeah about two months
0: okay so what stage are you at at the moment
1: we are almost um, at matching panel Um, yeah I know I know it's coming around (laughs) it's coming around but yeah we're getting ourselves prepared we've had some chemistry meetings and bump-ins which you know I made the comment previously about the profile building and attachment and helping to build an attachment, but there's nothing quite like that first introductory meeting or bump in, however you want to call it. It was just the most magical experience. And again, I'm quite a dramatic person. So I'm speaking using (laughs) quite dramatic language, but it was a very magical experience. It's really hard to put it into words because there's obviously, you know, it's, it's not make or break, right. But there's, you need to have something there needs to be something there needs to be some sort of chemistry there and it was it was from the get-go um it That's was wonderful so nice. yeah it was wonderful
0: oh how exciting okay so so you've done those you're approaching matching panel and I guess our introductions penciled in have they started to say yeah. it would begin yeah yep. so very yeah. quickly after that
1: yeah pretty much I mean you know we always have to wait for the ADM and Get the sort of formalities out of the way, but once you know they're anticipating idea maybe a week or so after panel, and then introductions is pretty much going to start the day after, or the day after that. Yeah, it's I know, I know, I know. We're mentally preparing ourselves, emotionally trying our best to prepare ourselves. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the harder thing to 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 do because we don't. Again, this is our first time, right? so We don't really know how we're going to feel, other than probably exhausted, because that's what everyone everyone says. But it. We're really excited, really excited to learn more about this child. How they work—not work, but how they <laughs> what they routine is. Yeah. yeah, basically, yeah, exactly, exactly. How to take care of the child. That sort yeah. of thing. Mean, it's gonna be—it's gonna be wonderful, stressful, but but wonderful
0: how to dress a squirming toddler is fun basically that's, that's yeah, a good one. yeah. We've, had some, we've
1: seen our friends do it in practice so we've we've seen we've uh-huh. seen the challenges <laughs> but obviously experiencing it yourself is very different so it'll be yeah. eye-opening I'm sure <laughs>
0: My favourite one is when you try to put them into a car seat and they go rigid like a plank, you know? They're Lovely. just absolutely just a straight line <laughs> and they have to bend in the middle to go to the car seat. It's really difficult.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. I can't That's wait That's going to be
0: that. so much fun. Yeah. People <laughs> looking forward to it. I might come to you for some advice. Oh, God. Well, I'm the last person I'd take advice from, but help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so have you um, dared to buy things yet and, and set up a room or does it feel premature at the moment?
1: a bit of both <laughs> yeah. a bit of both i mean we we have to we have to do some of it from a practical standpoint because of the way our introductions are being planned currently it's it would be too it'd be too tight for us to do it too late essentially yes. so we've started to buy some of the um some of the bigger items you know bed air bed and car seat etc 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 but we're doing it <laughs> we're very pragmatic people so we're doing it to make sure that if anything does go awry we can return So, you know, there's a there's part of us that knows we need to do it, and we want to do it because it's exciting, and it's fun, and it's nice to go out and buy these things. But the pragmatic side of us, and it's not necessarily because of our past experience, just being pragmatists at heart. You know, we want to make sure that we can, you know, recoup that cost if anything does go awry. But we're we're feeling very positive. I'm I'm saying that from a negative standpoint. We're we're feeling very positive about this and the trajectory that we're on with this particular process is is heading in the right direction so we're not super concerned at this stage oh sure.
0: well, that's Touch very it. exciting and who will take adoption leave will it be you or your partner
1: it'll be my partner
0: mm-hmm.
1: which i know um, he is very excited about
0: <laughs> <laughs> <For> many reasons <laughs> um, that's good
1: but it's 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 the it's the right thing for us and our family and thankfully our, the company i work for is really really good and they offer actually a really nice enhanced paternity package so I'll even have possibly six to eight weeks myself to really that's you really know nice. I, it's amazing it's amazing yes. I and mean, that's not the the norm and um, I feel very privileged to be able to take that and have that you know initial period during cocooning especially to to bond and build the attachment thankfully I also work from home so I will be around regardless oh that's <laughs> um, nice as well yeah, yeah it'll make a difference but obviously I'll need to have a separation between child and work at some stage but um at least we've got that we can be around for for, you know lunch and dinner and breakfast and all that sort of good stuff i'm not having to worry about rushing home on the train or you
0: know getting home and stuff which will be lovely but yeah it's gonna be nice to have that six
1: to eight weeks yeah it is
0: yes gosh well my fingers are firmly crossed Thank and uh, yeah we'd love to, you to come back at some point and tell us how it all went that would be fantastic <laughs> wish me luck <laughs> so uh, of course I definitely wish you luck I'm dying to hear Um Thank you. before I let you go mm. you faced a big bump in the road you know as the bumps go that's a big one and yeah I just wonder do you have advice for people who are facing their own big bumps in the road
1: yeah Again, if I think about about that experience, real real hindsight, there's a couple of things that immediately come to mind. Is one is as you go through the assessment, figure out what is your your sort of self care, what is your who is your support network, because you be surprised, you'll be surprised at the drop of a hat that you might need to leverage that without even really thinking about it. So why I say it that way is is be really mindful of it in advance because if you do hit a bump hopefully you don't but if you do at least you know how to take care of yourself in that moment that's the first thing that i would say secondly and this is just my my experience right but secondly i would say is is that if you do experience a bump similarly or unrelated but you know that affects you emotionally or affects your thinking about the process is just don't put your guard up too high in response. I think that's. I know I said we 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 got back on the, the the horse quite quickly, but we were very guarded, and it was maybe the right thing, but we possibly also put it up a little bit too high. So just check yourself a little bit is what I would say. You don't don't shut yourself off, because um, be, uh, you, you mentioned you know that you've had the experience of other people who have had to take themselves out of the process. I think that's maybe where it would have got to if we hadn't allowed ourselves to be a little bit open. You know, to something positive. So, I'd say those are the two things. You know, know how you support yourself, and try not to allow yourself to get too guarded emotionally by the experiences. That's easier said than done. But if I reflect, that's that's probably what I tell myself.
0: I think that's fantastic advice. Thank you so much for coming along and sharing your story. I think people are going to find it really useful. So, thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: I'm delighted. I'd like to thank my guest today, Darren. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at LGBT Adopt Foster and on Facebook search New Family Social, or one word. Visit our website at newfamiliesocial.org.uk. Adoption, Fostering and Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next time with more guests and more tea. Oh,